so for our listeners, welcome back. Uh, for for Aiden, Jeremy, and I, it's uh, it's been all of a couple of minutes and filling up a glass of water. You know, it's hard to talk for three hours without taking a sip of water. I I myself had to sneak off as well. Um, yeah. So uh, for, we've got our buddy Jeremy here from McCain's. He's been helping us fill in the blanks on uh, a lot of these prospects that uh, our listeners and us ourselves want to know more about because, uh, you know, it's one thing I've noticed is as years go on, um, it gets harder and harder to know more about every individual prospect. I remember uh, back like 14, 15 years old, I I could name every player that was going to be picked in the first and second round. I could name every team's prospect system start to finish and have a good detail on each of them. But as it goes on, it's harder and harder to fill in those blanks. And uh, that's why we got someone in to help us out here. And we want to thank you so much, Jeremy, for taking the time and uh, and helping us fill in the blanks, like I said. So um, we've covered pick one to uh, 14. We've got up to Pittsburgh's first round pick. And uh, we're going to kick things off. Um, I've got Jeremy here from McKean's. I've got my co-host, Aiden Sarah. All right. Aiden, what do we have on the Great Canadian Hockey Podcast side for the Nashville Predators and number 15? I have the guy that Jeremy put at 10 to St. Louis, Andrew Kristall, Kelowna Rockets winger. We talked about Edward Shaw being boomer bust. Andrew Kristall, boomer bust as well. He's a he's a pure scoring winger. Like he he. I think he might stick handle the puck. His hands might be as good as anybody except for Bedard. I I can't think of another guy who I would take their pure puck skill over Crystal Bedard and then maybe Matt Bamichkov as the third guy in that group. 95 points in 54 games with the Kelowna Rockets this year. I mentioned this during the first part when uh, when Jeremy had him at 10 to St. Louis. When I watch Crystal play, like it's it's it's. I think I've seen I've seen the best and the worst of this guy. He is so good at just evading defensemen. His 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 edge work is very good. His puck handling is gro- is very good. The 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 puck skill to make the moves around the offensive zone. He even, and I know this is something that you don't really see stats about this. He does a very good job at making teams take penalties on him. He's constantly <laughs> he's constantly the one drawing his team the power plays. But for me, the other side of the coin with Andrew Kristall is he'll pull up at the blue line. He'll not dump the puck in. He'll try and keep it. And then he'll surrender possession because he either took a hit or was trying to avoid a hit, lose the puck. And then puck comes back the other way and his back check isn't there. His defensive pressure isn't there. So I think with Andrew Crystal, it's, it's all going to be what team he goes to and how they can make him into a much better two-way player. Because at the end of the day, he's a winger. He doesn't need to be a Selkie candidate but he needs to be better than he is. Nashville, I think they're going to look at the talent. They're going to say, yeah, we're going to take that at 15 and uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, I like this pick a lot at 15. It's a good pick. I've got this weird thought in my head that just because Crystal is all over the board in all in everyone's mock drafts, I've got this weird thought that because him and Bedard are good friends, that um he's gonna fall to 19 and there's gonna be a picture on draft day of the two of them together and then they'll do the slideshow of them as kids together i i just have this weird feeling it's just it's it's one of those things that just feels right in my head one of those things that might happen but you never know i think 
with the talent that that guy has, I don't see him falling to 19, but a lot of people do. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, for me at 15, I have uh, a guy who uh, a lot of people have much higher, but uh, he's fallen on my words for certain reasons. It's uh, David Reinbacher. Um, he's, you know, at Nashville, who's a, a team that, uh have throughout the years developed so many great defensive prospects uh he just fits he just fits so much in my head uh with them um Rambacher is we have talked about him in part one but in the defensive and neutral zone uh, he's near perfect the breakout the passing transition uh how calm he is um his the physical side of his game uh the way he defends the rush everything net from battles it's so it's so good it's so perfect uh it's what you need in a defenseman in the NHL. Um, he's never, you know, he's never going to be a liability uh, in those in those aspects. Uh, the reason I have him falling a little bit, um, it's because it feels like when he has the puck, whether it's on the power play or not, uh, as soon as he crosses the red line, he just stops and passes it or dumps it or does something else with it. Um, you know, with a defenseman, uh, a lot of people see him as like the best defenseman in the, in the draft. I see him as the most ready, but not necessarily the best. I think it's in my eyes uh, quite unlikely that he becomes the best. Unfortunately, uh, even if I like him, um, you know, he doesn't have that offensive uh, uh, instinct, this offensive skill, offensive dominance, whatever you want to call it, that a guy like Axel Sundin Pelika has, or a, like like last year's draft, uh, David Juracek had or even Pavel Minchukov, like there's something missing with him. Uh, he doesn't go, he doesn't really activate uh, past the blue line. It's very rare. Um, he, he doesn't try to beat people one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, he doesn't need to. That's a good argument because uh, he's so efficient at just passing the puck and everything, uh, being just extremely efficient. But I think that's what that's what's going to limit him one day. Uh, yes, he could. Uh, I don't know if it's like coaching stuff or like it's personal preference for him to not be super involved offensively uh yes he's gotten a lot of points this year in the um in the uh swiss league uh most of his points are just shots from the blue line that are deflected uh which is efficient and i mean i think that's what his role is going to be in the nhl but when you're talking about the top of the top of the nhl you know there's there's comparisons with roman yossi because both are uh played in that league and Roman Yossi activates from the point much more than Rimbacher does. And every every other top defenseman in the league, they they do stuff offensively that Rimbacher has simply not showed this year. Um, I think Rimbacher is extremely intelligent. I think he could figure out that part of his game one day. Uh, you know, he's an extremely good skater. Um, he could he could uh he could do that offensive stuff that needs to be done in order to be a top defenseman in this in this in the NHL. But he just hasn't shown it all year. Uh, you know, I'm not writing it off, but I think uh I think as like a, a second pairing defenseman, uh, who's just so good on the breakout, so good in the neutral zone, the defensive zone, but rather, you know, pass to it to teammates to create offense instead of actually participating, joining the rush, something he doesn't really do. Um, you know, I think I think I think it's what he's gonna become, just like a, a very, very good second pairing defenseman that is needed to be a really good team. Like Ryan McDonough, I'm a Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay fan. Uh, Ryan McDonough has been such an important uh, piece to our two cup runs. And when he, when he left, uh, you know, we've seen the holes it has created 
on our defensive uh on our defense um and you need those guys who are just going to be play key roles be extremely reliable i don't think it's high end i don't think ryan mcdonough is like a high-end defenseman but uh you know, Rainmacher is. I think that's what he's going to become one day. Just a, a very, very good, reliable second pairing defenseman that forms this core. That's going to be very good. You know, he's right-handed as well. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff to like. Um, so I understand why some people have him higher. Uh, but yeah, I have him at Nashville at 15, and yeah, that's that's what I have on him. Yeah, I I completely respect the 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 hesitancy to kind of put him higher than that. I obviously I did have him at seven and, and if you're in the Nashville predators, again, if Reinbacher falls to you at 15, I know we're kind of saying this about a lot of teams and we're going to keep saying this about teams as the, as the, as we keep going through players, but it's that factor of like, if this guy falls to you there, you are so happy with that. You are thrilled with that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen though. Reinbacher is going to go in the top 10. It's pretty much the lock, but yeah. Um, yeah. If, if if there's a team that could figure out uh this guy offensively and help him to become a more dominant player offensively, Nashville is definitely one of them. So for Calgary at 16, uh I kind of had the one roll of the dice with Shala at 13. And I think the Calgary Flames do it too. Now here's my kind of thinking. They aren't they aren't in a rebuild they're a team that wants to get good now and they're a team that they're going to have a lot of turnover noah hannafin is uh rumored not to be wanting to resign even mikhail backland and elias lindholm likewise they're going to have a lot of changes to that team and i think they go for an nhl ready player i think they go for somebody who's a fit as a calgary fan i can see him in a flames jersey i can see him playing the way he played with the sudbury wolves that's quinton musty going 16 to calgary this is a guy that has projected as high as around the 10 mark and as low as a second rounder so for me, the draw with Musty is it's pretty obvious. He is somebody who can be a very effective power forward at the NHL level. Teams really, really look for that. Obviously, teams love that uh, that strong, bruising winger. And I think if he's available at 16, a team like the Calgary Flames, who are not wanting to take a step back, are going to say, you need one more year, and then you're an NHL. And I think they're going to be all over that. Offensively, he's great. He's a great shooter. He's a great passer. He's good in the transition, even defensively as a winger. He does not, he's not a liability out there. I like him a lot. What do you think? Yeah. Um, but he's a guy who's grown on me throughout the year a lot. Uh, beginning of the year, he was inconsistent. Uh, I could see the flashes, but he wasn't being efficient. He was making uh, risky plays, unnecessary plays. Uh, just from one shift to another, just super inconsistent. Uh Defensively, he, uh, you know, there was struggles. I think there still are some struggles. And also in just involvement rates, he just lets his teammates at Sudbury do most of the work in transition. That's what I saw for my first couple of viewings. But the most, the more I've, I've watched him, the more, the more I've, he's grown on me. Um, I have him a little lower, but I totally could be convinced to pick him there. Um, I mean, it's triple threat, right? right? Like he's got the deking, he's got the shot, and he's got the passing. Um, in terms of tools, he's uh very high end, and I could see him fit in more more than more than one role in the NHL. He could become that top six power forward, or maybe not power forward, but like big sized, maybe power forward. We don't know what he's gonna become, but um, sized uh big sized uh forward who uh just fits on the top six perfectly. 
He could also become a, a, maybe a third liner who uses his size, his physicality that he could develop throughout the years to be efficient. There's more than one role I could see him become. Uh, and yeah, at 16, I mean, Calgary, it's a great pick for them for sure. Um, I've got I've got someone else though. And this guy's not going to be an inch already anytime soon. So maybe it doesn't make too much sense, but that's who I'd pick. You know, he's the best player available on my board. Uh, I pick Jaden Perron, who's now uh, five foot nine. He's grown a little bit. Um, and watching watching Marche so during these playoffs, I mean, you can see how a guy who's five foot nine could dominate. It's not to the extent of Gavin Brindley because there's some limitations that I don't see with Gavin Brindley. Uh, first of all, his his separation speed, his explosiveness. Uh, Perron is a is a fine skater, um, but I don't think he's a he's that good of a skater. You know, for a guy who's five nine, ideally we want him to be a bit better of a skater, but um, when it comes to just Agility. Uh, he's he, he is one of the he's one of the most agile agile uh player in the draft. Uh, his hands he can do whatever whatever his mind tells him to do he can do it with his hands. Uh, offensively, like the talent is insane. Um, I think I think he's a boom a boomer bust kind of guy, but it's it's uh it's a guy who would be willing to to pick, to pick at sixteen. The talent is is as you as you've probably seen. I I like to swing for talent. Uh, and that's that's one of the, those guys who's the talent is so there. Uh, you know, five foot eight, five foot nine. It's not that big of a difference, but there's definitely much more, much. Uh, there's there's much um much more players who are five foot nine in the NHL than five foot eight. So it's kind of a good thing that he's he's grown a little bit this year. Um, and yeah, uh, Jane Perron at sixteen. It's a controversial pick, but it's one I'm happy with. To be honest, Jeremy, I'm really glad you make some controversial picks because we get to hear more about guys we might not otherwise hear about. Like I, I'm very, very unfamiliar with Jaden Perron's game. I, I've seen one little clip on YouTube, and I've read through his elite prospects page a handful of times. But what's one thing that you haven't said so far that, uh? I mean, on a first viewing, someone might really, really like about Perron's game. Like, what would make him pass the eye test for you on your first viewing? You mean, like, what's... Okay, okay, I, I get your question. Um, it's definitely what he can do in the offensive zone. Uh, you give him you give him the puck, and you just watch him watch him do whatever he wants. Uh, he's he's extremely creative. In his, his mind, he can think of plays that are very special, and his hands just do it and there's no limitation he's been dominating this year in ushl with chicago um and yeah it's just the offensive skill that you're like wow this guy i how did he do that he just pivots and digs a guy between his legs and then pivots again and it somehow he doesn't fall still has the puck just dig through uh, like three guys and then gets a shot on that and like how did you just do that you're five foot eight five foot nine how did you not get crushed what happened and you're it's just magic. It's he really like a, a magician out there on the ice, um, and yeah, insanely deceptive. Uh, it's just a very very high skill guy. Um, sure he could bust. It's very likely possibility that he just doesn't become anything because size holds him back. But he's shown to me that he's worthy of uh, uh, a top twenty pick this year just because of how how skilled he is and how much of a of a of a like the talent is so there that you just there's a there's a there's a chance he he falls to like I don't know like thirty five this year and just becomes one of the best players in this year's draft. So it's definitely a swing for upside, but 
uh, yeah, the talent is so there. That is, uh, well, <laughs> do you, you, I knew this was going to happen. Uh, this is the first time that one, I, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if I've dropped a name that you wouldn't have in your first round. I had uh, Peron on the list of, uh, at the bottom here, second round gems. And we were, I wanted to talk about that after just guys that we didn't have at the top 32 that we think could still be really effective NHLers. I had him there. He, to me, flew under the radar a little bit. I watched Chicago Steel USHL games because of wanting to watch Macklin Celebrini. And Peron was a guy where it was like when he was on the ice, yeah, you noticed him, but that Chicago team was very good. For me with Jaden Peron, it's going to be next year. University of North Dakota, NCAA, one of the best NCAA programs, the one that Jonathan Taves played at before he came to the Chicago Blackhawks. Like that's going to be the big thing for him. He that that's going to be where you know if he ends up going 16th overall in the first half of this very loaded first round of this NHL draft, and then is unbelievable at the University of North Dakota to start the year next year. People are going to say, holy, holy cow, we got to steal at 16, right? And that's very, very possible. Unfortunately, for me, the other the other side of the coin here, and they're totally, totally different players. Don't get me wrong. One of them is five foot eight and is good in spite of his size. One of them is six foot one and was only good because of his size. But I look at somebody like a Tyler Boucher, who was drafted 10th overall in 2021, goes to the NCAA, and was just so underwhelming. And now just looks like the Ottawa Senators might have just wasted that pick. And that's kind of my worry for Perron. That's my worry with every tier two player you're going to see. Um, my first tier two player is at 27. And it's it's not Perron. Spoiler alert. Um, but that t- I, I, I'm a huge champion of the tier two to NCAA rib. When you're scouting out of those tier two leagues, it is a little bit hard to judge. So we'll see how Perron obviously develops but i really do like the pick i like the i like uh, i like the guts to to take them there so we have the detroit red wings at 17 next up this is the pick that went from the canucks to the islanders now and then to the red wings uh detroit uh you had taking gavin brindley at nine i had taking dalibor dalibor at nine what do you have for detroit at 17 well i have dalibor dvorsky at 17 oh. <laughs> um you know uh we've talked about him a lot in part one um yeah, he's one of those guys who's just gonna be in an NHLer most likely. Uh, so I can't make him fall too much. I love, I love the the player that he is. I see the player that he could become offensively. Uh, it's just like it's just there's a lot of concerns about his skating, and this year he hasn't really taken that next step offensively. He hasn't really been super dominant. Um, but yeah, uh, seventeen Detroit uh could get a very nice center there. I don't know about top six center, um. But I could see there's very very high chance he becomes a uh, you know a three C two C like middle six center, uh like and Detroit could definitely use that for the future. Uh, that's a guy that can only fall so far. And yeah, at seventeen, I'm I'm picking Tversky. Okay, well I had them taking the center Tversky at nine. I have them going. Uh back to the forward well somebody who can play center can play the wing played mostly center this year with the vancouver giants that is samuel hansek november 12 2004 birthday makes him one of the older players in this draft hansek to me is probably as close to a lock as you're going to get to be an nhl or like his one of the highest floors of any of the guys we're going to talk about from this point onwards obviously you have guys in the top 10 whatever that are going to have higher floors than hansek but for me his is very high uh, six foot four, 185 pounds. He already knows how to use his body very well. He's 
probably the player that I've been most impressed with. Definitely when I would watch him play, my notepad would be full of great board battle, great play on the boards, great play on the boards, great play to get the puck on the four check. His, the way he uses his body on the periphery to get the puck and make plays is very, very well, very, very highly developed. Uh, and for the Detroit Red Wings, he, to me, he's, he's a very versatile player. He's kind of a jack of all trades as far as the the forward position goes. So if you've got Dvorsky at nine and in your pick, you got Brindley at nine, I think either way, Hansek's a good pick for you at 17 because you have this, your second first rounder becoming anything you really could hope he's going to be, right? Obviously, if he doesn't, if he misses, he misses. But if he develops into a real NHL player, you've got somebody who you can use anywhere and do anything. And I think that's a very valuable thing to have. Yeah. Uh, for sure. I mean, Honzik is a guy I have lower than that. Uh, but I, I think I have like just outside my first round, like 33rd, but he's, he's in this range where I could, I could honestly pick him in my top 20. Um, but just cause of the guy he is, he's, uh, he, the upside is definitely there. Um, you know, we've both talked about, uh, Slavkovsky on Instagram. Um, he's a guy I was a little lower on Slavkovsky and, um, and Hanzek, he reminds me a lot of Slavkovsky, where he's he's very, very good along the boards. He's a tall, fluid skater, um, good puck control, good puck protection. But sometimes those guys who have as their main attributes uh, puck protection don't really pan out that well because there's, there's stuff missing aside from protecting the puck that they don't really have. Um, I think... Uh, I think Hansek has those skills. He's shown to uh to be able to get through guys, get through pressure, uh some highlight plays here and there. Um, but throughout the year, it's I've he's one of the, those guys who I wish I saw more of. Unfortunately, I'm not really gonna have time to watch more of him. But yeah, I've seen some games where it was, yeah, that guy's probably a uh a, a lock at my top 25, and then some games is like did he even play? I saw some inconsistency in his game. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure about how, how likely he is to hit his potential. But, you know, he's big, good skater. Uh, I like him a lot. I think uh, I think Detroit fits at 17. They're, they like those big guys that they've drafted recently. Um, and yeah, uh, I could totally be wrong on Hansek and he could become a very good player for sure. The potential is there. And I, I like Hansek. I think that for me, Hanzik, if he were to go to Detroit, I think that's uh, an improvement on what they were trying to do with, uh, what's his name? Uh, they, they have that one really big Swedish forward, Soderstrom. Yeah, I, so, I believe. Soder, uh, it's uh, Soderblom, I think. Soderblom. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I had Victor Soderstrom from earlier on the mound. Yeah, Emil Soderblom. And I, I think he's just like, Hanzik would just be a more offensively talented guy to slot in. Because they seem to have set up what they want their power play to be and how they want how they want to run things in the offensive zone. And I think he's just a more offensively gifted option in that kind of role. And as we've talked about earlier, like it, we wouldn't put things past Detroit when it comes to drafting for a specific thing they want to fill. So I, I think he really fits there. That, 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 that thought just kind of works for me. All well, right, so next up is 18 Winnipeg Jets. This is another guy that, you know, saying boomer bust is, uh, it's hard. This guy's, this guy's, this guy's really tough to, to judge. It's going to be Matthew Wood out of the University of Connecticut. 
Wood graduated high school early so he could go into the NCAA. He was the youngest player in college hockey this year. Still put up 34 points in 35 games at UConn. Um, another tier two to NCAA player this time. Of course, we're talking about him having already played in the NCAA, so we're not judging him. But judging him at the tier two level in the BCHL last year in his draft year minus one, 45 goals in 46 games, 85 points in a good league. BCHL is a very good junior A league, and he did very well there. Um, for me with Wood, it's... It's how much of these numbers that he's putting up were inflated by the fact that uh, the Yukon Huskies completely funneled their power play through him. It was him and how good of a shot he has, which is his best asset. It is his shooting. Um, so if you believe everything about this guy's toolkit, the the size, the shot, the hockey sense, you would have him higher than I think I do at 18. But it's the... It's it's the fact that, you know, and the NCAA, that's a top level league, but so many of his points came on the power play. But his skating needs to improve. That's probably the biggest thing for me with Matthew Wood is he needs to really, really pick up the 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 mobility. What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah. Uh if Matthew Wood was an above average skater, he'd be easily top fifteen, possibly top ten this year. Um I mean, it's, as you said, a lot of the production has been through the power play and through his very heavy, powerful shot. Um, you know, everybody can everybody can go behind the net, get some speed, and then go through everybody in, on the power play and, and score. Um, not everybody. I mean, just like every top prospect in the top 40 can just accumulate speed with a lot of time, a lot of space, and then just use that speed. Wood is able to do that, but he's still he's still a very very bad skater. Um, I've I've really tried to give him like a lot of chances this year, but every time it's just came it just comes back to uh, just him being able to do plays that he's not going to be able to do in the NHL unless he gets insanely uh good wingers that are able to just make him viable in transition by doing all the work themselves. And then they can get the puck in the offensive zone so that he could dominate with his skills and with his heavy shot. But in transition in the neutral zone, he's really unable to explode when he when he has no speed and like the play comes down to a little bit of a board battle, and then he gets the puck and he needs to accelerate. He's gonna get caught up by so many guys, especially he's it's already the case in the NCAA. And I mean he knows it, right? He's gonna make that pass and he's gonna be efficient and all, but it's gonna it's gonna come back and haunt him and haunt him at some point. Uh, in the NHL, he needs to have a much much better skating, much better first first few steps. Um, it's it's really a, a it's really really worrying in my opinion. It's it's a guy who is extremely skilled with the puck. Um, he's got an amazing vision, as you said. The hockey sense is definitely one of his best attributes with his shot. Uh, but. Uh, it's it's the skating is just some something I'm just too scared of. So I haven't brought it right outside my first round. Um, but yeah, if you could if you could somehow turn his skating into uh average or above average, and especially his first few steps, you could get a great player out of this. Uh, the ceiling is definitely pretty high. So uh, yeah, I, I understand this pick for sure. One of my friend has him like very near the top ten. Just believes he's gonna. He just believes the skating is not that big of a problem, and I mean the, the the player himself. If you remove the skating aspect, I totally see why uh why he's a high end for sure. And I just think with the Winnipeg Jets, 
you could say a lot of those things about Blake Wheeler, right? Wheeler maybe a little bit better of a skater, but using his size and his his shot, his his hockey IQ to his advantage, and I think for Winnipeg, who have had so much success with Wheeler and how much Wheeler has succeeded there, getting somebody who kind of fits the profile makes some sense as well. Anyways, uh, you have not yet given your 18. Who's your 18, Jeremy? Um, my 18 pick is Colby Barlow. Um, again, just one of those guys who just has to be picked at some point just because of the, the, in my opinion, decently high uh, four. Um, the guy has scored so many goals in the OHL this season. I don't know how much, it I think it was 40 plus. Um, the shot, it's not only the shot, it's the goal scoring, right? He's Yes, he's got a tremendous shot, absolutely ridiculous, but he knows how to score goals in a way in a way that's extremely translatable in the NHL. He's not going to have a problem uh, scoring those goals in the NHL. Um, you know, it's, uh, yes, he's not a super explosive skater, but I think when you compare it to Matthew Wood, I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's definitely a level above. Um, it, it, he's very, very physical. He's extremely uh, helpful defensively. He's a guy who you just want as, on, on your, on your line as like a second or third liner. Uh, I think the projection is extremely safe and the goal scoring aspect too. Uh, maybe he's not the best playmaker. Maybe he's not, uh, maybe there's some holes in his offensive game, but the, the, you know, the, the goal scoring aspect is something that he's going to be able to translate so easily. And yeah, at, at 18, I feel like uh, it's definitely a good pick. And who, who picks 18 again? Uh, Winnipeg. Yeah. It's a fit in my opinion. Kobe Barlow and Winnipeg just fits. I'm going to talk about Barlow in just a couple picks here. My only hesitancy with Barlow, I'll just say right now, Jeremy, is I was really high on him at the beginning of the year. And the more I watched him play, the more I saw him on the ice, just through my lens, turn into Nolan Foote. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Nolan Foote is a guy who, that was my concern coming out of the draft with him, was he can put the puck in the net, but everything is funneled through his shot. That's all he's got really going for him. And he hasn't really had the chance to have a translate to the NHL level. No one foot's only 22 years old. But if you ask me, are you surprised he's only played no more than seven games in the season? I'd say no, because at the NHL level, you need a little bit more than that. And so for Colby Barlow, the reason I don't have him higher is because I don't see it. Um, but I have a lot of positive things to say about him, a lot of the same things you said. So I'll save it. Um, and we'll move on to 19th overall, the Chicago Blackhawks. What do you have, Jeremy? Um... At 19, I have one of my favorite players this year, uh, Odo Stenberg. Odo Stenberg is a uh, Swedish um, player who played with, oh, I hope, I, I hope I'm right. I think he played with Fro- Frölunda this year. Yeah, played with Frölunda. Um, he's a guy who, again, it's it's in this range with uh, Barlow and Dvorsky and some other guys that I'm going to name soon. Um, uh, they're, they're, in my opinion, they're going to be in each other's. Um, Odo Stenberg will be a third liner. Very, very, it's the odds of that are very high. Um, in my opinion, he's an extremely smooth skater. Um, does all the right, like the small things, right? Uh, he's accurate in his touches. He rarely makes the, the wrong plays and he's creative. Uh, uh, on my Twitter, I've posted a clip of him, uh, almost doing the Michigan, just being very, very close to doing it. Uh, and yeah, although he hasn't produced so much this year, a little bit of an underwhelming production. Um, I mean, the, the, in the SHL, he's been very good. He he has known how to play the role of a more of a checking player. Um, and I think I think there's some upside with him for sure. 
and but yeah the, the, the biggest thing about him is his floor uh the 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 shot the the buck skill everything is just average or above average uh there's nothing really that i can nitpick with him uh the defensive effort is there the physical effort is there he's he's i've seen a there was a moment uh where the, the like it was the first uh face off of the game right this in the central central zone neutral zone and then he, he's a winger on that in that game and then he just comes up to talk with the other guy just slashes his stick <laughs> just to, to like try to be annoying as much as possible uh he slashes it out of his hands and the sticks the stick falls and there's some fight like at the very first second of the game he's a he's a guy who just fits as an nhler one day um in the u18 tournament he was one of sweden's best players um and yeah i at 19 i'd be willing to take him he's been between 18 and 21 or like 17 and 21 my, the entire year for me and my rankings so yeah Yes, quick question. About, sorry, sorry to cut you off there, Aiden, but a quick question about Stenberg. I, uh, being an Avalanche fan, I, I just, uh, um, this one really jumped out to me. I saw someone online say that if Stenberg could really improve his work ethic in the neutral zone, he his ceiling in the NHL could be a more creative Arturi Lekkinen. Yeah. And what do you think about that? I mean, Lekkonen's a player who we, we've all seen develop and, and take his game to another level over the last couple of years. But before that, he was just an incredibly serviceable depth forward who you could use all ends of the ice. What do you think about that comparison? Right. Well, yeah, as a Habs fan, I've seen uh, almost every game, every season, you know, he's been uh, he's been very useful for us. It was heartbreaking to let him go. Uh but he's one of those guys who at five on five is extremely efficient. And I think Otto Sandberg could be this guy as well. Uh, you know, maybe not the best on the power play, maybe not the, the best offensive player, but just a guy who at five on five could be a very uh, serviceable guy, um, helping his team, putting pressure on the opponent um, and not making many mistakes. Uh, so yeah, I like this comparison for, for sure. Um, I, I remember... Um, like an in as a guy who just couldn't finish and i think there's there's some bad luck uh finishing to stenberg is uh as well i think he should have gotten maybe a little more uh, a little better of a stat line this year but yeah i like the comparison it's a good one what i was gonna say about stenberg it, it, and you can correct me if i'm wrong jeremy when i look at stenberg he kind of jumped onto the page for me when i watched him at the u18s seven goals 16 points in seven games he capped in sweden he was awesome um, when, when I look at him at this point in the draft, I'm saying if you are a team, again, we both have Nate Danielson going 14 to Pittsburgh. If you're a team that had Danielson on your list from 14 down, Otto Stenberg is like the next best Noah Danielson, where he kind of just does everything at a very high level. He's, his skills are translatable to the NHL. He might only project to be a middle six center, but he's going to be a very useful player. Is that, a, is that incorrect? No, that's true. I think Danielson might be... Uh, a little better of a, a puck carrier, and he might be a little better on the on the power play. Uh, one day he's maybe a, a little bit of a like a higher skill. Uh, you know, Sandberg has produced a lot in the U18s, but I think that's not going to be his role. Uh, in the NHL of like a, being a high producer, uh, just like a middle six player, uh, very efficient. There's some similarities for sure between him and Danielson. I think I think if a team uh at this range is aiming for Danielson, but he gets picked on before. There's a chance they just say like, "Oh, Sandberg's a very similar player, so we'll just pick him instead." There's this possibility for sure. 
So my pick here at uh, at 19, I think this is by far my biggest reach. <laughs> um, somebody that I am high on. I'm looking. I just looked it up. Um, the highest that any of the rankings that I can see here have is actually uh, McKean's, funny enough, Jeremy. He's 20th on McKean's rankings. It's the Tri-City Americans defenseman right-hand shot, Lucas Dragasevic. Um, to me, he's... To, all respect to Sandy and Pelica, he's the only player that's in Axel Sandy and Pelica's like, dimension as far as offensive defenseman. He reminds me a lot of Noah Dobson when I watch him play, and I love... Uh, he, Noah Dobson's one of my favorite players in the NHL. Um, just the one thing with him that he needs to improve is his skating. I think if his skating takes a step up next year, he will be a steal wherever he goes because he's not going to go before this, right? He's not going to go before 19th overall for the Chicago Blackhawks. He just drafted Ethan Delmastro, Kevin Korchinski. Both of those are very good two-way defensemen, but to get Drag Dragasevic there on the right-hand side, I just, I look at him and I see this, offensive powerhouse this guy who has the potential to to put up 70 points in a season in the nhl and the skating and the defense needs to be improved but in terms of raw talent and and potential i, I love this guy at 19 yeah and he's a very very interesting player um you know as you said the skating uh really holds him back that's uh why i have him lower but i'll talk about it about it later but the um, the the offensive potential, as you said, I mean, I think I think it, like purely in, ter in terms of potential, I think he has the highest offensive potential out of anybody in this draft as a defenseman, higher than everybody. Um, he's a rover out there in the ice, uh, basically just being a, a forward on the power play or just even at five on five sometimes. Um, but yeah, he plays a, a very very offensive oriented game, um, and he's good at it. You can see the the skill. Uh, he's only turned as a defenseman recently, like three or four years ago. Uh, he was a forward growing up until he was like 14, 13 years old. So uh, you can see probably why he's such gifted, uh, so gifted of, a, uh, of an uh, offensive defenseman. Um, but, you know, as as, as you've said, uh, the skating worries me a lot. I think, I think in the NHL, in order to be able to do what he does, he's going to have to be an extremely good skater. Uh, you know, he reminds me of Makar the way he just dominates out there with the with the Americans in the WHL. But um, Makar is one of the best skating defensemen in the league, if not the best. Uh, and that's not what Dragicevich is. That's why I think he's a he's a risky pick. But you know, and also defensively, uh, it's 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 tr it's troublesome. Defensive coverage issues everywhere. Uh, gap control issues um defending the net it's it's struggles but if you could get him to just be average uh, of uh like defensively or just pairing with a, a guy that's gonna really understand his role of trying to uh <laughs> trying to fill that whole defense that defensive hole uh of Dragosevich if you pair him with like with a guy like that and you really really focus on his skating and try to make his offensive game less raw than it currently is because it's extremely raw. Uh, if you, if you really, uh, if you, if, if everything goes right, he could be the best defenseman out of this series draft easily. He could be a like 75 point player. If everything goes right, the offensive talent is so there. And yeah, I like this pick. Good to hear. It was uh, somewhat, agreed with as far as what i said about his positivity that was the one i wasn't sure that was the one i was the least sure about this whole first round was him at 19 because yeah like i 
again, I, I've seen I've seen some of the nightmares. But the other thing too that I've seen is uh, when Quinn Hughes came into the league, he played with Chris Tanev. He was sheltered, looked fine. This in the year after when Tanev left, Quinn Hughes looked like an absolute mess in his own zone. Yeah. And then he got better. So I'm looking at Dragasevic and I'm kind of watching him. I'm like, you look like Quinn Hughes' second year in the NHL. And now when I watch Quinn Hughes, I don't see nearly as much of that mess. I see him being at least an average, if not an above average defensive defenseman, along with his offensive toolkit. So I'm looking at Dragasevic and I'm like, you can do that. You can do that too. That's what I'm hoping for you. Anyways, number 20, I have the guy you took at 18 to the Seattle Kraken, Colby Barlow. I think Colby Barlow is an excellent winger to play with either Matty Beneers or Shane Wright down the line for the Seattle Kraken. I think it's something close to a slam dunk pick. For me, it was very hard between Barlow and Tom Willander because Seattle have forwards. They've got Jagger Furcus as well, along with Wright and Matty Beneers. So it's it's a little bit hard for me to give them another forward, but Barlow's just a beast. He is. He 46 goals in 59 games with the Owen Sound attack. He's a tough player. He's got an excellent shot. My the fav, my favorite thing I've seen from him <laughs> so far uh, in terms of pre-draft coverage was uh, from Elite Prospects, who always has their their draft guide. And and I saw the page where he was being assessed. And uh, they always have the shades of it's their it's their version of comparables. And Colby Barlow's two, Carter Verhage, and literally it says a bear which is hilarious to me. And I can totally see, I can totally see it. Like he is, he's a bear out there. Lethal shooter, great hitter, uses his body well. And that's a, that's an NHL shot. And Seattle will be happy with him at 20. Hopefully he develops for them. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kobe Barlow, when you look at his beard, the guy looks like he's 40, has the whole family and works a nine to five every day. Uh, He's he's, a, he's definitely a bear. I like this comparison, um, but yeah, I twenty. I have a, a guy who, um, who I'm really high on. Again, it's probably gonna be somewhat of a reach for you guys. Um, but it just feels like a Seattle pick. Uh, from what they've been picking last year, it's just very high talent guy like Camelon, like uh, like uh, Agrafurkis, some guys like that. Um, I have I have to pick him. In my opinion, uh, William Whitelaw. William Whitelaw is a guy uh, who plays for uh, Youngstown in the USHL, um, and he's he's uh you know when you watch him play, you don't understand why he's um at first you don't understand why he's not higher. The guy plays like such a top six forward. He he sort of reminds me of like a uh uh the Connor McDavid of the USHL <laughs> without being as good as him obviously but it's just he's always involved always wants to have the puck always wants to move the puck up the ice to dig through all the defensemen he has an amazing shot he's so smart he's an amazing playmaker he sees the the ice so well um it, he's not the biggest guy and he's not very uh, muscular you know it's sort of easy to push him off the puck right now especially whenever he's going to play in the NHL he needs to add some mass but you know, it's he's really he's really one of those guys where he becomes a top six player or he doesn't become anything at all. But I think the odds of him becoming a top six player are very high. Uh, he just fits as a centerman uh, so well. Um, he's like a a bit of a poor poor man's Oliver Moore if we if we want to get comparisons this year. He skates like Nate Danielson, which is not Oliver Moore like, but it's still a very good skater. Um, the offensive talent is uh, immense. And he's not that big of a stouch defensively. 
Some people say he's very raw. His offensive game overall, or just overall game, is very raw. Uh, I agree, but not that raw. I think I think he needs a couple of years in the NCAA to really uh, uh, round it, round up his game, and understand that not every time he has the puck, he needs to just go to the net and dig everybody out. Um, but I'm fine with it. I think the the it's a very high skilled player, and uh, yeah, it just feels like a Seattle pick at twenty. My one concern with him, and this might be me reading into it too much. Well, there there is the there is the kind of factor of okay, well we have another tier two to NCAA kid who hasn't played in the NCAA yet. He's going to the University of Wisconsin next year, which is an interesting place for him to be. Um, I need to find it very quickly. There, off the top of my head, I know they. University of Wisconsin is getting a new coach. They're getting somebody new to to run their program. And their head coach very, very notably highly prefers older players to play in, in his NCAA programs. And as an 05, Whitelaw is going to go there as one of the younger guys. I don't know how much of an opportunity he's going to get at Wisconsin. So this could be a pick where, again, much like Tyler Boucher, looks great in tier two, goes to the NCAA, and you're like, oh, no, <laughs> Right. So that's my hesitancy with White Law is the the translatability factor. That's what I've seen out of him because again, I'm I'm a big tier two and tier two to NCAA guy. So those are always the guys I actually watch first. Guys over the DCHL, AJHL, USHL that are going to go play NCAA. And I've I've seen enough of White Law to think this guy's awesome in this league. How's he going to be when it comes to that five foot nine frame going into the NHL? That's that's the only concern I have, but I do like the pick because you're right in terms of pure offensive upside. He's no doubt a first rounder. He's a lock to be a first rounder with the offensive upside. Yeah, it's a bit of a risky pick, but I think uh, Seattle. Um, you know, uh, they've got Shane Wright, they've got Mighty Beneers, they've got some great offensive prospects. Like, there's a guy like White Law who could be a center, but who could also easily be a winger in the NHL. Uh, who's got that potential? Just take him. Uh, in my opinion, he's he's a guy who uh, there's good chances he just becomes very very good with Wisconsin. There's also another guy, Char- Charlie Strimble with Wisconsin, who's uh, gonna benefit, in my opinion, a lot from the coaching change um, or management changing. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think uh, I think as a Seattle guy, he just fits a lot. But I see the risk for sure. Okay, so uh, you had White Lock going twenty. I had Barlow. Who do you have going twenty-one to the Minnesota Wild? Uh, again, uh, Minnesota. I feel like Riley Height would fit perfectly with them. Um, an extremely smooth skater, one of the smoothest skaters in the draft. Not named Dmitry Simashev, right? Uh, effortlessly just maneuvering through the ice. Uh, very very soft hands. Uh. Uh, some people say uh, that he's maybe lacks physicality, right? A little too soft, avoids contact, avoids the middle of the ice. Um, maybe, but I don't think it's. Too, I think it's too concerning. It's not. It's not too concerning. Yeah, it's um, it's stuff where like, yes, maybe he um, he's not the biggest guy, but the the amount of play creation he has in his head, uh, and the tools in terms of hands and skating, and just passing skills, uh. I think I think at twenty one with Minnesota, it's definitely a a guy they're probably gonna target. I think there's a chance they pick him, uh, and that's what I would do at this point. 
um yeah just a highly skilled guy um that, that's definitely a guy who fits with uh minnesota in my opinion yeah i agree with you he's a guy I like a lot um the hockey iq is there for sure it's his vision is very very good um the thing about height for me that is going to drop him is just the it's it's not the physicality i actually i'm not nearly as concerned with that it's the the defensive side of his game as a centerman um that isn't very good i was stuck on this pick for this player as well because of the exact same thing um this is a guy i had i am not kidding at fifth overall at the beginning of the season and he's dropped to 21 it's Braden Jaeger of the Moose Jaw Warriors. Uh, this was a guy that, again, when he came through Red Year, I just I wasn't super blown away. The more film, the more clips I watched of him, the 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 higher he he went. But this is a guy that could have been, could really have been a top five pick if if players were drafted a year before his his first year with the Moose Jaw Warriors was crazy. Um, after he got picked up in 2021, 24 games, 18 points. 34 goals, 59 points in 21, 22, and 63 games. But then that goal scoring dropped off a little bit, down to 28. The assist number skyrocketed. He doubled his assists. But it's it's really, really tough to say because I just wanted more, right? I left underwhelmed when I would watch him play, when I would go to watch him play for Moose Jaw in Red Deer. I would just kind of, oh, he's good, but he's got to get better, right? Like he, he didn't really improve that much year one to year two. I think he's a guy with 30 goal upside probably, but it's another guy whose defensive game needs to, needs to improve a little bit. His shot is there. We'll see what else he can do. What do you think about Jaeger? Yeah. I mean, we can transition to pick 22 with Philadelphia because I have them picking Braden Jaeger. Um, you know, you, you said you had him with five at the beginning of the year. I can one up you and say, I had him with four. Uh, <laughs> He's, uh, I mean, in this draft year, minus one, I saw some flashes, obviously, scouting for uh, uh, Jager Furkus and also watching uh, Moose Jaw against Winnipeg uh, last year uh, when I when I saw Furkus, but also, you know, guys like Matejchuk and also from Winnipeg, I, I saw sub one geeky. It was a really good playoffs. And in those playoffs, uh, Braden Jaeger really uh, just impressed me. Uh, what he did with the puck, he seemed like a monster in transition. Obviously, an extremely good shot, but also um, uh, a very good passing uh, uh, guy on the, especially in the power play. Him and Furkis were was just a dominating duo. Um, but throughout the year, as you said, uh, you know, I have the exact same things to say. It's just you want to see more out of him. I mean, you can see how skilled he is. You can see how good of a shot he has. But the involvement was not there. Um, the successful like the, the success rates of what he was doing were not high. Um, and every time we were like, yeah, he's, I know he's good. I know he's capable of doing more, but he just hasn't done that the entire game. And you just keep watching shift after shift. And you're like, yeah, he could have, he could have had a good shift, but you know, it's fine. We'll wait for the next shift. And it just never happens that, and he's going to get a goal because he has a great shot or he's going to get an assist because he's playing with some nice teammates, but it feels like, it feels like you just want to, if you, if you, uh, you know, if you want that higher potential, I feel like it's the season. It has really taken a, a, a hit, right? Um, the, 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 um, the skill that like you can see the scale, but it's just, it, he just never showed it almost, uh, throughout the year. And as you said, the improvement, I didn't really see much improvement, uh, throughout the year, but I think, uh, 
I think, you know, just just with the shot and its skill with the puck, uh, he's likely to be an NHLer. Um, but unfortunately, he's probably not going to be a high NHLer or as high as we predicted him to be uh, at the beginning of the year. But yeah, he's still a guy, you know, I have him 22. Like he's still, there's still some upside. There's still a lot of stuff to like. Uh, and yeah, I have Philadelphia picking him at 22. I think Philly's a great spot for him because I think you go a couple years down the line, he's going to have every opportunity to prove himself there. Um, the, the big thing with him that I'm going to find is you look at players that were drafted in the first round and they were one of the best players their age growing up offensively. You wonder if he's going to be able to add other elements to his game and be able to gel as a great third liner if it doesn't work out with him him being a top six guy. Because that's going to be the big thing with uh, if if he can't show that extra effort level and extra level of consistency and continuous development as an offensive guy, he's going to have to find a way to add that third line element to his third line element to his game. And because I don't see what other way you can chip in unless you add that if say if you don't keep your development path going, I would love to see him keep going. I'm a big fan of Braden Yeager. Like I, I really, really like the guy. I've only ever seen him play like six or seven times and then the typical breakdown and highlight videos. But uh, I mean, fully admittedly, he uh, he captained my NHL franchise mode team to a Stanley Cup. So that was uh, that was fun. And so uh, you end up with a soft spot because there's that prospect a couple years down the line. You just end up wanting to know more about. And that's one of the things that made me dig in deep more on him. And I'd love to see him keep developing. But. I think that's going to be a big thing he's going to have to figure out if, if he can find that extra effort level. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. Made some great points. And yeah, he's uh, NHL 22, 23, uh, definitely a player who you always try to pick up in franchise mode for sure. <laughs> so so who, now, who uh, 22. 22. Well, back to back picks for me are going to be the guys that, funny enough, went uh nine and 11 for you i'm gonna start with a guy that you put at 11 so for the philadelphia flyers i have them taking gabe perot i like i i feel like i need to come in here being negative which kind of sucked <laughs> because you were so positive about him and and everything you said was so true his vision is unbelievable his passing is great his uh his like his hockey iq is off the charts it, it's it's really really fun to watch him play much in the same way of zach benson just the way you kind of see him find those gaps um but for me, it the skating is 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 the problem. And again, I've I've beyond clips, I watched one full game semi recently, a couple months ago, where it was the US National Development Program against the Chicago Steel in the USHL. Uh, it was beginning of April or something. And I remember writing down that because I wanted to watch Gabe Perot, I wanted to watch Will Smith. Gabe Perot and the Chicago Steel, amazing USHL team against the the, the U18s. The pace of that game was unreal. It was so fast, and Perot just couldn't keep up. He couldn't keep up to the game. His feet kind of failed him. It, the, the skill didn't really come out because every time he really tried to beat somebody, tried to make a play, it was just the pace of the game. He was getting suffocated, and he didn't really have any answers to the Chicago Steel. You know, as, as soon as his passing options dif- disappeared, all of a sudden he, he was invisible out there. And, and again, this is a guy I do like a lot. I think he's going to be an effective NHL or if – that the physical tools, not just the the skating, but the physicality as far as he needs to be a little bit better at, you know, he's a winger, needs a little bit better on a, on the forecheck, needs to be a little bit better on the boards, needs to 
get a little bit stronger and again the the potential for gay pros off the charts and i think if you're getting him at 22 you're happy with that it's just that's why i don't have him higher and you said you also have i believe gavin brindley uh is your next pick yeah i do gavin brindley somebody again for me it, it's it's it, it's hard to judge 18 year olds in college but i the the thing about him i like the most is the it, it's it's the the work ethic right i i don't know if i've actually seen him take a shift off in in all the games i've watched him play uh for a winger he's an excellent two-way forward again zach benson we talk about uh his his two-way play as a winger i i said he was one of the best two-way forwards not just the best two-way wingers well if you're talking strictly two-way wingers in this draft yeah zach benson he, he's he's <laughs> he's gonna be close to the top of it he's if not at the top of it but for me gavin brindley's the second best two-way winger and I, I i like him a lot i i do as much as you know i'm saying that as jeremy just put him ninth overall and i've got him at 23 i i i still i still love him he's very evasive he's versatile 12 goals 38 points in 41 games he was good offensively he was good defensively linked up well with adam fantilli and i just think uh I think he's great. I think at 23, the New York Rangers would be very happy with it. Oh yeah, for sure. 20 at 23, um, New York is going to get a good, a great player. Um, so at 23 for New York, I have a guy who couldn't be farther in terms of height than Gavin Brindley. I have Daniel Boot. Um, Daniel Boot is a Russian player who's six five, if I'm correct. Uh, he's uh he's a guy who just couldn't stop rising on my list this year. Uh, you know, for a guy who's six five, he's maybe not as smooth of a skater as his teammate Dmitry Smyshev, but he's still an extremely good skater. Um, there's so much he's doing right, and the potential is so there. Obviously, you're gonna get the Dave Thompson comparisons because he's the the big guy in the NHL at the moment, and he does he does look like him to uh to a certain degree. Maybe he's not as uh agile on his foot on his feet i mean and maybe he's not as gifted with the puck as stage thompson is but as dominant and all uh but he's still the, the, the potential is so there i mean if you're patient with a guy like daniel boot you could get an extremely good player um the, the he's he's physical i've seen him there's a there's a game uh that i saw recently uh the first shift he just there's he just open ice is a, a guy just flat flat just hits him uh super hard i mean the guy's gonna remember that hit for the rest of his life and he just comes back defensively gets the puck goes on a breakaway and scores a goal and you're like who is this guy how is this guy not a top 10 pick for any, everybody um the thing is that throughout the year there's been some inconsistencies and there's defensive problems uh and as i said he's not super uh, like agile on his on his uh, on his feet because of how tall and lanky he is um but yeah he's uh, a guy at, at 23 i think i think the nhl i think you know if you're if you're trying to uh uh predict a guy who could be uh a massive reach and like nobody expected it because that happens every year i think daniel boot could be picked like in the top 10 this year like that's a strong possibility the guy is massive and does a lot of stuff right um and nhl teams usually love that um but yeah, I'm not saying he should be picked in the top ten, but there's there's this possibility, and yeah, very intriguing prospect who rose, uh, who who has risen a lot on my list this year, and uh, 
and yeah, very, very skilled. You can get a, a, a top, top line player with him every, if everything goes right. I like the player. I like the pick. I have him lower in the first round, but I still have him in the first round uh, for sure. And everything you said is what I would have said too. Very raw talent, but a lot of potential. Who do you have uh, going to the Nashville Predators at pick 24? I have a guy who, again, has risen so much this year on my list, Quinton Musty. Uh, I've we've talked about him enough uh, in part one, but I'll I'll still uh say what I think of him. He's a guy who uh at the beginning of the year um you know I just came out unimpressed. There was c- consistency uh mistakes with uh, were not mistakes, but I mean like uh like fluctuations where he looked very good in some shifts and very bad in some others. Decision making problems, but. I mean, he seems to have really uh, improved that a lot throughout the year. And uh, and yeah, he's maybe not the best skater, but like the hands, the shot, the pass, the vision, uh, in terms of offensive skill, you could easily get a top six player with that. And he could fit as a maybe a third liner as well if some things go a bit wrong with his development. And uh, that's all, totally possible. I think, uh, I think uh, yeah, anywhere in the top 25, you get a guy like Quinton most of year. Very happy. So that's why that's what I have a national thinking. That's why I have thinking. So you had the predators taking let me see 15, Andrew Crystal. So you have two wingers for the Preds. I have them going defenseman. I have them taking Andrew Crystal at the 15 spot. I'm going with the Swedish right-handed defenseman Tom Willander for them to take at their 24th overall pick. Another guy where it's just it's the work ethic. He's never he never stops working. He never stops moving. Good season uh, in in with the junior uh, the junior uh, Rogel team. He played on twenty five points in thirty nine games. Good neutral zone, good neutral zone defenseman. Good shutdown defenseman. Offensively, not the best shooter. You know, a, a pretty solid passer from the boards and from the point he gets it into the slot pretty well. Um, but it's his defensive game that really really, you know. Uh, really really has him above average his skating and his motor's good um he's physical enough definitely not a a liability for him good skating good size again if he was a little bit better offensively i would say he might be the whole package as far as somebody you're going to get this low in the draft um he's committed to go play boston university next year which is interesting (laughs) for a swedish defenseman to to do that so we'll see how he plays in the ncaa against the north american opposition on the north american ice but for now uh, i like i like him a lot and i like him to nashville at 24. Yeah, uh, he definitely showed why he should be worthy of a first-round pick uh, in those uh, U18s recently, where uh, there were some moments where he maybe looked better than Axel Sandin Pelika. Um, and yeah, he, I have him a little lower still in the first round, though, and I'll talk about him later. But uh, definitely a guy I like a lot. I had him in my first round before anybody else did this year. Uh, and yeah, like I remember almost everybody except like Craig Button, I believe, or just some... Some people who really liked international games uh, had him high. But yeah, I had him very, I had him in my first round when it, it, nobody really knew uh, about him. I think he's a guy who's uh, has very, very good talent, uh, has some hidden offensively, uh, offensive talent. And uh, as you said, the defensive game is strong. I'll, I'll talk about him a little later. Um, but my guy at, we're, sorry, we're at 20. Oh, we're still at, okay, now we're at 25, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, so um yeah, twenty five. I had St. Louis picking Ethan Gauthier, uh from the QMJHL. 
Uh, I've seen him live in the playoffs against uh, the Armada. Um, he's a guy who uh, who uh, is, again, I think he, the odds of him becoming an, an NHLer are very high. I think um, the QMJHL, obviously, there's some uh, some people that are very skeptical of this league. I think, uh, you know, obviously, it's a bit of a slower-paced league and... Uh, and uh, maybe slow, uh, like less skilled, but more of a, like a team play league. And um, sometimes some players, some prospects who are like skilled and fast tend to do well in this league, but then hit a wall when it comes to the the AHL, right? Like you can see, um, well, there's there's just in general the 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 the, the QMJHL has unfortunately produced less stars than the two other leagues in the recent. Uh, recent memory but obviously they've they've been able to win the memorial cup a ton of times recently uh i think they're like three times in four years or something four times in four yeah four times in a row um so yeah it's it's still a very competitive league and ethan Gotze has uh has been extremely good for Shellbrook this year um he's a guy who first of all has his shot as in my opinion his best attribute um and he's just a, a very, very good goal scorer. The one timer is above uh, among the best in the, in the entire class. He's got a an amazing one timer. Uh, he can score from inside. He can score from uh very like various different spots. Uh, very good, very good shot. He's great along the boards. He hits a ton of uh, a ton of times per game. Although he's not that big, I think he's five eleven, but he hits a ton. Um, he's not the greatest skater. Uh, but he's definitely he's definitely smart enough to know that and play, knowing that he's not like a, a super fast skater, and I think that's why he should have no problem translating to the next level. Uh, and yeah, I think um I think at what's that twenty five? I think at twenty five, uh, you know St. Louis is gonna be very happy with that. They this it's a guy who could come in the, in the league, rather like rather soon for a, a guy in that region uh of the draft in 25 you know usually some guys take a lot of years to develop i think he he could he could be in the, in the nhl sooner rather than later and uh yeah i think St. Louis would be happy with that i fell in love with this guy uh at the helenka gretzky loved him. yeah six he goals really in five good. games he was awesome He's one of those guys where, like, I, I'm sitting here and I'm kind of trying to think of something negative to say about him. I, I can't. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think it exists. Like he, he does everything fairly well. Again, for a winger, he's excellent on the two way side of it. Um, I kind of look at this guy and I think mm, it's hard to say comparable. I'm thinking middle six forward slam dunk for sure. Great guy to have on your second power play unit. Great guy to have on your penalty kill. Right, he he brings so much value, and I I I have him late in the first round. I have him slipping a little bit, but anybody who gets him from the twenty four onwards is laughing. They love it. It's, it's great. For St. Louis, it's a good pick. For the Blues, I have them taking a guy that you had at nineteen, Otto Stenberg. We've talked about Stenberg, not a lot else to say about him. But for St. Louis, who I had uh, picking up Dmitry Simashev at ten, for them to get the, a center like Stenberg, they'll 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 really, I think they'll love him. He's he's a great player. He's, you know, he can he can put up points offensively. His skating's good, shooting's good, passing's good, puck handling's good. Only thing that he needs to improve upon, I think, is um, maybe the zone exits as a centerman. I, so I'm caught up the puck a little bit at the blue line on the way out a few too many times in the, the games I've seen him play this year. 
and his physicality. Other than that, I like him, and I think St. Louis will like him too at that spot. Yeah, I think they're probably getting an NHL player out of out of Sandberg here this pick. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be happy with it for sure. Um, so now we're at 26. I have a guy who has fallen a lot this year for me. And, uh, you know, if I manage to get one or two extra viewing before the draft could even fall some more, um, it's Mike uh, Mikhail Gulyayev, a Russian defenseman who at the beginning of the year I was rather high on. Uh, He's an amazing skater. He's re a really, really good skater. Uh, but he's a small defenseman who I just struggle to see how he's going to be a defenseman in the NHL. Um, you know, he he relies a lot on his speed and on his uh, quick feet to evade pressure uh, when breaking out the puck or just in transition um, rather than like other more translatable solutions. Um and it's it's stuff where like you you see him play and you really wonder why he's not a forward. Maybe he was a forward. I have not checked, uh, but yeah, maybe he was a forward before. Uh, and the skill is there. He's got such a powerful one timer. He's not. He's he doesn't look like he's super strong, but when you see him shoot that one timer, you're like, how did he do that? Uh, yeah, he's very good one timer. Uh, very speedy. He controls the puck at very high speed without really struggling, but. I think in his development, he's going to hit a wall at some point, um, you know, because as a small defenseman, he struggles, uh, obviously, defending the rush. Uh, he's not very strong. He he struggles in front of the net. Um, he struggles as soon as he receives pressure from more than one four-checker. Uh, and yeah, he plays, he plays a, a game that is really, really good for junior. Um, and, you know, I think, I think he were, if he were to be in the CHL, he'd be for sure one of the best defensemen in the CHL. But like just like Dragasevich right now, the way they well, even more for Gugliadev, honestly, the way he the way he, he plays is just it's not he's gonna have to change something in order to be in the NHL. I wish he, he could just change to being a forward. I think if he just plays the way the wing uh starting from next season, there's chances he becomes there's more chances he plays to the NHL. But yeah, I think uh uh, you know, I think at 26, uh, the skill is is there for sure. And uh, yeah, a guy like Gulyayev, he can only fall so far. I have some of my friends who have him like in the 50s because they they just really just do not see an initial player out of him. But I think uh, I think it's maybe a little too low. I think he still deserves uh, a first round pick because he's still a uh, very skilled, very fast, uh, very good with the puck. So yeah, a boomer bust type of player. Yeah, I was gonna say that I do have him at the end of the first round, so I don't have him that far from here. But at 26, I have a guy that I kind of thought we would, one of us would have a little bit higher than this. Um, Callum Ritchie of the Oshawa Generals in the OHL. He doesn't really jump off the, the you know, when you're watching him, I'm going to say screen because I haven't watched him in person, but he doesn't really jump off the screen at you when you're, when you're watching him play in the OHL. The offensive production, exactly one point a game. Uh, 59 points in 59 games. Um, the U18s, he was quite good. Three goals and nine points in seven games for Canada. Uh, he's excellent offensively. Uh, his his puck retrieval and then subsequently the setups he makes quickly off that is his best asset. His hockey sense, his his vision, his passing is is all excellent. Um, the the only thing for him is is it it's. It's the average skating that's, I think, kind of 
holding him back, even maybe below average skating. That's that's really all I have in terms of negatives to say about Kalamuchi, or else I would have him higher. Um, but it's the passing, the puck handling, the hockey sense, and we're talking about this guy going to the San Jose Sharks at 26. Well, I've got San Jose taking Matvey Mishkov at four. Why not add a center prospect to that group? Yeah, we're in that range uh, where it's like it's guys who I think will have a very nice chance of being an a- a- NHLer. You know, since Dvorsky, Barlow, Stenberg, there's a guy like Jaeger as well. We just talk about Ethan Gauthier and honestly, Quentin Musty too. They're all guys who are very likely to be NHLers, in my opinion. Callum Ritchie is one of them as well. I think out of all of those, he's probably the one who has maybe the the least chance of hitting his upside because I do see a top six upside, but I'm not I'm not convinced about it. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's a very good catch and release shot. I think uh, he's shown it a lot in on two-on-ones this year, just getting the puck from his teammate and shooting it uh, quickly. Uh, it's a great skill of him, of his. Uh, you know, he's a very, very efficient passer, uh, seeing lanes that I'm on my computer not always seeing too. Um, so yeah, very good passer. He's uh, not the quickest guy, but he's not the fastest guy either. Like his skating is fine. Defensive effort is decent. Um, he's decently involved in transition as well. Uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think the projection as a third liner is very fair, uh, very likely here. And, uh, yeah, not, not much else to add. I think he's a safe bet for an, for a, an NHL team. I have him going at, uh, 28 with Toronto. So I have him right under you, right under you. Well, we'll stop at, uh, sorry, we'll stop. We'll, we'll keep going to 27 before we get there. And at 27, uh, I'm going to involve our friend, Mr. James Parisi in this one. So 27 is where your Colorado Avalanche are going to pick, James. Um, now, this is actually a question. This isn't rhetorical. I, I, I think I have this right, but I need confirmation from you. Who was Joe Sackick's first pick as GM of the Colorado Avalanche? First pick as GM of the Colorado Avalanche was Nathan McKinnon, I believe. I believe. Uh, it could have come... Uh, yeah, I want to say it was McKinnon because it was the big dispute with the McKinnon-Barkov thing there. Uh, he could have still been... Uh, it could have still been Greg Sherman, who was technically GM, but he was kind of the one pulling the strings at that point already. Um, but... Uh, I mean, coming up with this pick here, um, Colorado loves tier two leagues, so I know what you're getting at. Yeah, I couldn't remember when it was. There was a piece of me that thought it might have been Tyson Jost. Mm. Um, but yeah, you already know where I'm going then. Bradley Nadeau to the Colorado Avalanche at 27th overall. 45 goals, 113 points, and 54 BCHL games for the Penticton Vs. Penticton walked that league this year. They walked the regular season. They walked the playoffs. Um, when I'm watching Bradley Nadeau play, um, Connor Bedard, Adam Fentilli, Matt Vemishkov, Colby Barlow. I don't think I can name another player who has a better shot in this draft class other than those four guys than Bradley Nadeau. It's uh, It's lethal. It kind of just on his stick, off his stick, it's a rocket. Uh, whether it's a snapshot, wrist shot, uh, slap shot, he's just phenomenal at, at letting that puck go. Five foot ten, 163 pounds. Again, it's another tier two to NCAA player. So we'll see exactly how he does next year. He, he like, again, he, he completely walked the Penticton V's, but he's going to the University of Maine next year. We'll see how he plays and we'll see exactly if this is a, this pick, we might see as early as next year. If this pick might be, it might be a steal at 27. 
for for me with the thing with Nadeau, it's it's similar to what we were talking about earlier with Braden Yeager, but a little bit different. It's not the effort level. It's not the drive. It's not finding that extra gear. It because he shows that every game. He's a he's a step ahead of everyone else. He's out there wor- outworking so many other players. Um, but the thing is, the only thing that concerns me is how does that translate? I just want to know because the way he's playing, the way he was playing in Penticton, he won't be able to play that way in the NHL. So I want to know how he can adjust it. That That's really the main concern for me. Uh, a lot of guys really, uh, they lose that step when they when they get there because it's just everyone's checking harder, skating faster. You're not going to be able to walk everyone all the time. It's, uh, it's going to be a different game, and he definitely has the talent to do it. I just, I, I am concerned. Yeah, um, you know, I have him in my second round, uh, in between like the early and mid stages of the second round. Uh, we've talked about his shot; it's one of the best in the draft, no doubt. It's so heavy, it's so powerful. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a goalie trying to face this shot, but um, you know, he's he's so good in the offensive zone. He's dominated the BS, BCHL all season long when he's had the puck in the offensive zone with uh. Adar Suniev, who's another draft eligible prospect playing for the same team, and also his brother Josh Nadeau. But um, yeah, I think I think for me with Nadeau, um, with Bradley, the the thing is that aside from like the offensive zone, it from what I've seen, he doesn't really dominate enough of the transition game, and doesn't really dominate enough like the neutral zone or just breakout and stuff like that to be a guy who I'd be very confident in taking my first round. I mean, the BCHL has proven to be such a weak league. Uh, in my opinion, it's definitely weaker than the USHL. Uh, definitely weaker, obviously, than any CHL league. Um, and, you know, it's like you you just wonder how, how, how the other aspects of his game that are not his offensive game once he's, like, installed in his offensive zone. Um you wonder how it's going to translate. Uh, you know, I have no doubt that when, when he's going to have the puck, if he ever plays on a power play, when he's going to have the puck and he's going to be able to get a shot off, it's it's going to be so good in the NHL. Or not even just a shot. Like, he's an underrated playmaker. Uh, he He's he's so, like, dominant on the power play or just the offensive zone in general. But other than that, I'm a little skeptical. Uh but it's a it's an upside pick. I mean, you could you could hit hard with this guy. So at twenty seven, it's very understandable. And uh, yeah, Colorado's in a position where they don't necessarily need to get uh, you know, be safe with drafting and all. They could they're they're competing now, so they could get, uh, swing for the fences and try to have very high end prospects to keep dominating for the next couple of years for sure. Who's your pick at twenty seven? At 27, I have from the Seattle Thunderbirds, Grayson Sachin. Uh, Sachin is uh, a player who uh, a lot of people who usually have similar views as me uh, have recommended me to watch um, this year. And at first, I just didn't saw it. I just didn't saw it. I just didn't see it. Sorry. He was uh, a guy who was not super big uh, when he was playing on the ice, who had somewhat of a low base and just inconsistent and disappeared often. But then I just kept rewatching him and rewatching him because everybody told me he was better than that. And I started seeing him more and more. And I, I see it now. I think, I think the skating is definitely not an issue at all. 
I think he's not even that small. I think he's six foot. He just plays like he's a little smaller because he's a little bit hunched over. But, um, you know, is he six foot? Let me just Google this real quick. He might be 5'11". Um, he is... Sorry, the prospect's taking a bit of time. He's 5'11". And, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not too small. He definitely looks like he's smaller on the ice. But the skating is not that worrying. And the edges are amazing. But the best part of his game is definitely his hands. Uh, you know, I could get like a four or five minutes, uh, of a, like a four or five minute video of him just going through everybody, every single defenseman in the WHL this year, just embarrassing them. And it, every single clip would be just like mind blowing. The skill level is insane. Um, you know, the hands are are extremely flashy. The the the. Um, there's so much he can do with the, uh, his creativity, and it's just his ends. Uh, and I think I think there's definitely some some risk to him because again, he's this he's not the fastest skater, and he plays a game where it's like it's either boom or bust. But I think I think uh, I think if if, if you um, if you hit on him and he becomes what he could become, um, he's definitely going to be a a steal. Like there's definitely this possibility. This year he's played with such a stacked team, but he's played with guys like Nico uh, uh Nico Mijarovic, who's uh, another draft eligible player, um, and just some some guys who are not uh as high end. He didn't get any power play time or almost none. He played like on like the third line. He got almost no exposure and still managed to get a decent amount of points. Still managed to show why he's so skilled. And uh, yeah, I think he's deserving of a, of a first round pick. I see why some people have him lower, but to me, he's a uh, he's a guy I'd totally be w- willing to take uh, in my first round. He's a guy that like <laughs> you just said you had an elite prospects page open. Um, from what I recall, it, he's ranked anywhere in a. I'm gonna just pull this up so. 13 by elite prospects. That's his highest 90 by the hockey news is his lowest, which means it's a 77 pick range for this guy in the highest to the lowest rankings. I do have him at the end of the first round. I have him actually exactly at the end of the first round, 32nd overall to Vegas. Um, I can see what you mean with him. Again, I watched him play once in person and a couple more times online. He's, he's a good player. Um, hockey IQs there. It's for, him for me it's just improving his shooting is the only thing i'm gonna really ask of him but other than that i, I like him a lot he's he's a good player only 18 goals in 58 games is is the, probably the stat line that scares some people off but you know you're right about the stick handling he's phenomenal he's a phenomenal puck handler it's easily his best asset and i can absolutely see him going 27 uh give up me 28 to toronto you said callum richie didn't you yes i have callum richie there i think uh I think he's a uh, he's a guy who's again probably going to be an NHLer. We've talked about him enough, but yeah, uh, Richie twenty eight makes sense to me. Yeah, no, for sure, Toronto, and uh, again, this is I have them taking another uh, centerman, uh, Riley Height. We you talked about him already. Uh, for me, with Riley Height, the only reason he's not higher, you had him at twenty one to Minnesota. Only reason I don't have him higher is because I just. Sorry, two reasons. Number one, the points. 97 points in 68 games sounds unreal. Sounds like an amazing number. Here's the problem I have. 45% of those points are on the power play. He doesn't 
produce enough at five on five for me. He just doesn't. He he he, he relies too much on the man advantage to, to to amass his points. The other thing is defense. And again, he is a centerman, but defensively, it's just it's just not there, right? Not only is his defensive game not there as far as the defensive plays and the retrievals in his own zone, but it's also kind of the 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 zone entries. Sorry, zone exits that he has out of his own zone. He's inconsistent at getting the puck past the first wave of defenseman or the opposition center that's back checking. So again, this is a guy with a lot of upside. Like he could turn into a very, very effective player, not just because of his his talent, but just who he is. Like he he plays angry. And that's almost something that you need sometimes. You just need somebody who has that like drive and that like that I'm gonna beat this team because I'm gonna give it everything I have. And like he 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 plays he plays like he's mad sometimes, and that's a good thing, but it's it's the other stuff that is that's dropped him down for me. Yeah, I understand. I understand all of that. I think he there's a chance he's just gonna suit better as a winger and just gonna translate, and not not translate but transfer uh, on the wing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, this range from starting from to me starting from uh, uh, like Colby Barlow and Stenberg at eighteen nineteen all the way down to. 28 29 they're all interchangeable and i they're all so close i could see height being uh like down there for sure my 30 to st louis is somebody you already or sorry 29 to st louis somebody you already talked about he went 26 to san jose for you mikhail mikhail gulyayev same things i'll say as you say the skating is absolutely unbelievable his offensive output is unreal. His shot is great. His passing in hockey sense is pretty solid. His puck handling is pretty solid. Um, very raw talent, but it's the how translatable is this, both A, because of the size, and B, because of the uh, defensive acumen or lack thereof, right? In his own zone, it's, it's very average to below average. In transition, it's not phenomenal sometimes. <laughs> like, it's um, the controlled exits... For me, when I what I've seen out of him, like he he does way better at carrying the puck out when he's got a lane. But the second there's like hard pressure on him, he he'll cough it up. Um, but for the St. Louis Blues, if I look at who I have them taking, this is their third first round. I got them taking Otto Stenberg and Dmitry Simashev. And to me, Jeremy, like <laughs> Dmitry Simashev and and uh, and Gulyayev here is that not a great pairing as far as <laughs> them filling each other's holes and and just uh, the needs that you know for instance Simashev's uh, strengths are Gulyayev's weaknesses and vice versa. I've never thought of it. Um, yeah, maybe. Why not? Uh, it's uh, it all depends on how much Gulyayev will uh, will. Uh, how how he's going to develop offensively? Um, thing is that obviously Simashev, there's a chance he's just stapled as a defensive defenseman, rather stay at home and everything. And Guliyev with his size and his and just everything going on, I I think I think um with him, I'm not sure he has the deception skills. I'm not sure he has the puck skills. I'm not sure he has the 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 one on one skills to be able to be a true offensive defenseman that's going to succeed uh highly at the NHL. Right. Um, so maybe that'll work, but there's a chance it just doesn't work offensively this pairing. But yeah, it, it would it would be fun for sure. Yeah, just a fun thought. Uh, twenty nine for you to St. Louis. Who you got? At uh, twenty nine, I have 
uh, Tom Willander, we've talked about, but uh, I haven't really given my opinion on him yet. It's because, um, again, I loved him before anybody else did, but I feel like right now, usually a lot of the time before the draft, there's guys who, um, there's people who, well, people in general tend to find risers and just push those those rise to the maximum. I feel like that's what's happening a bit with Wulander. I feel like people are are pushing him so high. Sometimes I've seen top 10, top 15. I'm like, really? Uh, maybe he's recency biased because the the U18s. But Wulander is a player who um, is very... Uh, he's, he's, he's very intriguing. He's... Um, He's still very raw with the puck, much more than I think people say he is, especially in the G J twenty G twenty where he's played uh, almost all year. Um, his way of playing the transition game mostly is just by taking the puck and either passing it to his defenseman or carrying from one end to another. And yes, he's an amazing skater. Yes, his size is pretty good, but he rarely passes it to a forward. I feel uh, there's there's a game I've seen recently where. In the entire game, he's played. He played like 22, 23 minutes, and including in the power play, okay, those entire 22, 23 minutes, he's passed to a forward in either his defensive zone or neutral zone. He's made a pass to a forward once, the entire game, um, and that's that's it, we've seen raw players, but like that's another level. Uh, with a buck, he's he's very very talented. He's showing deception that some other guys are not showing. Uh, some other defensive prospects at this range are not showing. Um, he's showing great buck skills, um, showing great skating, and defensively he's he's solid. I mean, he's not gonna back down from anybody. He's physical. Uh, he goes for the body. He's aggressive. I like it. But yeah, it, with a buck, he's still very raw. And uh, um, I feel like yes, he, yes, there's a chance he, he becomes a a, a solid solid uh, second pairing player. But I feel like people say his his ceiling is uh not as not say his ceiling. Sorry, his floor. A lot of people say his floor is super high. I think he has some risk. I think he's still a very raw player, and we'll see how it develops. But I think he's still easily a first uh, first rounder. The talent is very there, very present, and uh, yeah, twenty nine St. Louis. I had them picking uh, before. I had them picking Gauthier, and with their other pick, I had them picking Crystal. Uh, uh, yeah, Crystal. So that's a defenseman they could use for sure. It's, it would be a nice pick, but in the draft, he's gonna go earlier. He's gonna go <laughs> much much earlier. But yeah. Carolina Hurricanes have 30th overall, Jeremy. Who are they taking? Uh, Edward Shelley. I'm going to take Edward Shelley. They usually like those killed guys. Um, I think it fits for them. Uh, Shelley's probably going to go earlier in the draft, but we've talked about him already. Um, the, the the effort level in, against men this year, it's been so worrying. Uh, it's it's problematic. Um, I, wish, I wish it wasn't the case because I like the player. I like the skill. But yeah, he's a boomer bust, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I he just kept falling because there's guys who I think are safer, uh, who I think I'd just rather have on my team than Edward Shelley. But yeah, at some point I gotta pick him, so I'll pick him at thirty. That's uh, that's a very reasonable pick because uh, I think it was two or three years ago their owner said we are not drafting defensemen in the first round anymore. He wants flashy forwards. So I, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Maybe not the flashiest forward, but I got Ethan Goche going 30 to Carolina. Um, again, we talked about it. He does everything well. 
it doesn't really do anything poorly. Uh, the skating is the only thing that maybe it'll be a slight improvement needed when he gets to the NHL, but I totally see this guy projecting as a middle six forward. And yeah, middle six, second power play unit. It's Carolina will love this. Uh, 31st, sure. say that again. Sorry, Jeremy. I like this pick a lot for Carolina. Yeah. Uh, for 31 to the Montreal Canadiens, I have somebody you were really high on. So as a Habs fan, that will likely be an, an alert. It's uh, Daniel Boot, the Russian winger, uh, six foot five, two hundred three pounds. Guy's a beast. It's the skating that's the only thing holding him back, but it's the uh, that shooting, that talent that he has, raw talent wise. He is uh, he's he's really off the charts. MHL, fifteen goals, twenty six points in twenty six games. We talked about him a lot already, so I'm not going to waste too much more time. But I think the Montreal Canadiens are going to like this guy, right? They got Will Smith. For me, anyways, they have Wilson at fifth overall. You have them taking Oliver Moore at fifth overall, and maybe they just drafted a center and a winger punch, whether it's Smith or Moore, with uh, with Daniel Boot here. Yeah, and it's accurate. Uh, it's also pretty accurate because there's been rumors that uh, Montreal Canadiens were maybe interested in him, so that could happen. Uh, at 31, though, I have um, a guy who's different, very different than uh, uh, Boot. He it's a uh, Oscar Fisker Molgard. It's the Oh, he's in North. Yeah, I think he's Norwegian, not Danish. I think he's. Oh, I don't know. He's what? One of the two. I'm sorry. Uh, either Norwegian. I think he's Norwegian. But yeah, um, Oscar Fisker Mogard. He's a guy who played in the SHL a lot this year. If I remember correctly, he had 41 games and he had seven points, which isn't like record breaking or anything. But like to know he played the entire season in the um in the in the SHL and he wasn't bumped down to the to the junior twenty much. Um, you know, it says a lot about how 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 good he is of a player, and he, you can see how how high his hockey IQ is. It's like a very very vague term, but I mean, the way he un understands the game and the way he, he knows what his role is, he's played perfectly in the SHL this year for a HV seventy one, and um, yeah, no, for Montreal, he's a guy who could probably uh play rather like sooner rather than later, even though. He's not necessarily a guy to rush. I think in, in two three years you could definitely consider him uh, for um, for to play in the NHL already. Um, in terms of his game, he's uh, obviously as I said very intelligent, but he's very speedy and does a lot of things with his speed. Um, I think I think as a third liner, fourth liner, uh, maybe some up top upside, but I don't think it's very likely. We're uh, pretty deep in the draft now, so it's more, more talking about death players already. But yeah, as a third liner who uses speed a lot, but who's not backing down from any physical uh, interaction and uh, hard, hard checker, very, very good for a checker. Um, he's he's a pain to go against for any defenseman because he's going to be on you and it's a matter of seconds. And with his amazing skating, he's going to keep that tempo from one defenseman to another if they pass to one, one another. Um, and yeah, I think, I think Montreal, he's a guy who I just picture with... Uh, with Montreal, so it it adds up that I have him thirty one in my rankings because thirty first in my rankings because that's where Montreal is. So yeah, as a Habs fan, I definitely like him there. It seems like he's going to be a good player. Denmark, by the way, not Norway. You were almost oh, yeah, almost done. there. Um, Lost by fifty fifty. Uh, for me, I I from this honestly, Molgard, I might have seen play once, but he reminded me of Michael Backlund. How wrong is that? Yeah, um, I'm not. I I haven't watched too much Michael Backlund, but uh, I see, I see, I see. Maybe 
I think I think in terms of the NHL, that'd be his ceiling, right? Uh, yeah. Michael Backlund's still a pretty successful NHLer. Uh, that's what he could become ideally, maybe. Uh, just I like that. Okay, who's your thirty-two? Vegas. Uh, I have Vegas taking Charlie Stremel. Um a guy from Wisconsin played in the NCAA this year has not scored a lot, but uh, I mean, Wisconsin's was horrible defensively this year. Uh, and he's one of the guys who really tried on every shift was you could definitely feel his presence. I think as a third, third line center, he's perfect. He's a, he's decently big. He's a smooth skater. He's very good defensively. He's there uh, along the boards, picking up the puck. He's so good with open ice, skating, getting getting some speed, moving up the puck, up the ice, good at using teammates, uh, good at getting unnoticed also in the offensive zone, like getting sneaky. He plays this, um, oh, also I haven't said that about Ethan Gauthier, but Ethan Gauthier also plays a lot of like the middle role on the power play. He's stable like on the middle to receive that one timer or just be like a an option in the middle. And he plays that perfectly. And Charlie Stremel also does that often. Um, playing that middle role in the power play. Um, so yeah, I think he's a safe projection. Uh, you know, obviously, as I said, he didn't produce too much, but I think there's some offensive potential that's hidden there. We'll see how he develops offensively. Uh, uh, you know, you said White Law is going to uh, Wisconsin, I believe. Um, so him and if they ever play together, him and Strimble would be amazing to see. So uh, obviously, they're two centers, but we'll see if if uh, White Law goes to the wing. Or uh, if they both both play on the power play or something like that, something like that. Uh, so yeah, Strambo is, is the guy I pick at thirty two for Vegas. I like it a lot. Uh, mine is Grayson Sachin from the Seattle Thunderbirds, and again, we've covered him. We've talked about him already enough. So I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, Jeremy, if I can bug you for another twenty minutes, there was one other thing I wanted sure. to do here. So there were four players that you picked in your first round that I didn't have in my first round. They were Mulgaard, Whitelaw, Perron, and Stramo. Now, Sorry, so which which are the four players? Uh, Mulgaard, Whitelaw, Perron, and Stramo. Yes. So I will take them off this list, but I had a list of, I believe it was 12 when we started. Now it's nine. So I have nine players that I have marked as second round gems. So I was going to ask Jeremy, I'm going to run through them. I'm going to say the name. I'm going to say a couple things I like about them. And then I want you to tell me quickly two sentences, your thoughts, maybe something good, something bad. Just how you assess these guys as second rounders. Let's go. Okay. So to start things off, get this up in a second. Start things off. Uh, Saskatoon Blades defenseman Tanner Molendick. Um, five eleven, nine goals, thirty-seven points in sixty-seven games. Um, I love him as a neutral zone defender. Great skater, both a straight line and the the edge work. Good offensively, good defensively. I think this is going to be a steal for a team in the second round. What do you think of him? Yeah, uh, he was in my first round up until like two days ago. Uh, one of the best skaters in the draft. Uh, it's just some inconsistency that I spotted recently that made me bump him down, but uh. So good in terms of skating, deception, edges, uh, quickness, uh, very good on the breakout. Um, and yeah, there's some offensive potential that's hidden there, but lots of inconsistency, unfortunately, this year. Okay, next up I have Bo Aki, I think is how you pronounce his name. 
Uh, Barry Colts of the OHL, 11 goals, 47 points in 66 games. Uh, really, really good neutral zone and shutdown defenseman. Not bad offensively, too. And I think it's a good two-way player. And this is another guy for me. You get him in the second round, you're really, really happy. Yeah, uh, as you said, very, very extremely good to uh, shut down the rush. Um, he's one of the best at that. So good at using his stick. Uh, at just being extremely patient, waiting, waiting to uh, make sure the the uh, opponent makes a mistake and then just kills the rush. Extremely good at that. And as you said, some efficient, some uh, offensive potential hidden there. I haven't watched him too much, but definitely a a solid guy to him in this mid to late second round. You're going to notice a theme, and the theme is defenseman, and it's going to pop up a couple more times here. Uh, Portland Winterhawks at the WHL, offensive defenseman by the name of Luca Cagnoni. Uh, great transition defenseman, great offensive defenseman. It's the defense that's a concern, kind of like a more uh, more exaggerated Luka Dragasevich to me when I watch Cagnoni play. Uh, how much have you seen of him? What do you like of him? What do you don't like? Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of him. I recognize and can appreciate his offensive talent. Uh, some great edges, uh, some great puck skills, but it's it, again, it's some inconsistency. Whenever he faces uh strong opposition, he just can't really translate his game that much, um, offensively. And as you said, defensively, there's some struggles. I think he's rather small for the defenseman, and he's not that good of a skater. Uh, he's a fine skater, but I'd expect him maybe a bit more, not super physical. Uh, but yeah, again, there's a chance he just becomes the best defenseman in this draft. We, we never know because there's some potential there for sure. Second round pick. Okay, another uh, CHL defenseman this time from the OHL with the Sudbury Wolves. Uh, Matthew Mania. Yes. Another good transition defenseman. Very, very raw talent. But another guy that I look at and I, I don't really see holes, right? Good offensively, good in the transition game and good defensively. Probably the best in the neutral zone, but... Overall, uh, I really like what I see out of him. He he might have been my thirty-three. This guy. So, uh, let me know. Let me know how you're. Uh, let me know how you're feeling of it. Yeah, uh, I love him so much. Um, he's so good with the puck. Amazing in transition. Amazing puck mover. Offensively, he's creative. Uh, he never backs down from a, a, a puck battle. Um, you know, very very good skater. Uh, he's six foot. I know some people think he's small because he looks like he plays small, but he's he's six foot. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, I, I really like him as a, a guy who could have some huge hidden potential, uh, as a puck moving defenseman with some decent offensive skills. And yeah, as you said, he's quite good defensively as well. OHL London Knights, Oliver Bonk, great shutdown defenseman can hit. When uh, the other team has sustained offensive zone pressure, I find he struggles. What do you think of him? Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I think yeah, he still he still uh has some top four upside. Uh, he's good at joining the rush. Has a solid shot. Uh, he's just fine all around. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of him because I don't think he has that much of a standout trait. But at the same time, he's efficient. He's good. Uh, I have him a bit lower in my second round, but still again a second round pick. Um, and a very very good name, Oliver Bonk. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next up is going to be the first goalie we talk about. And, it, you know, I'd say for a good reason, he probably is going to be the best goalie in the draft. We obviously said that a couple of years ago about, um, <laughs> about, whoa, man, come on, name. Smashing Coast ended up going above, above Jesper Wallstead, which was the surprise. But Carson Bjarnason, uh, goaltender for the Brandon Wheat Kings, 
coming into the draft, he was ranked a lot higher, maybe an average year with Brandon. I liked what I saw, but I can see the, I can see the, maybe the, the worries, the puck tracking isn't all there. What do you think of Carson Bjornsson? Right. Uh, I have seen him quite a bit this year. Um, I think there's some better goalies available in my opinion. I think Augustine and, uh, I'm trying not to butcher his name, but Rabal, Michael Rabal playing for Omaha in the USHL. Um, these two guys are very different goalies, but in my opinion, they're the clear cut one and two. Uh, Jacob Fowler is also very good for Youngstown. Uh, Bernison is an interesting pro, uh, play, jeez, uh, interesting goalie. Um, I've seen something that bugs me a little is he he struggles covering the top, top of his net, right? When he moves from a post to another, he leaves the top of his net very exposed, and that's a bit problematic. I think uh, I think teams are going to get a a, a, a a like a book on him quickly. Uh, rebound control is not necessarily the best, but he's still he's still he's still a decent goalie. Uh, we'll see how, we'll see where he goes, but. He needs uh you need some development for sure before uh, reaching the the NHL. And anyways, this year I wouldn't pick. I'm not sure I'd pick any goalies in the first round, honestly. But uh, yeah, I, we've seen him internationally. He's been good, and uh, yeah, there's a there's a chance he um there's a chance he becomes the best goalie in this draft. You never know. Uh, last guy for me, or sorry, second last guy. Two more. Uh, we're two the last two, which are both forwards, both wingers. Uh, well, Callan Lind played center. He played wing, but. Living in Red Deer, obviously, when I would go to <laughs> go to watch some of the visiting stars, I'd watch a lot of Callan Lind. 16 goals, 44 points in 43 games. He's uh, not bad at anything, that's for sure. He he does everything uh, at an average or above average level. Um, defensively, he's very good, and he's pretty good physically for a guy who's only 154 pounds. What do you think of Callan Lind? Yeah, uh, I love the way he skates. I love his pace. Uh, the pace. The pace in his game is great. As you said, good defensively. He he could be mean along the boards. I've seen him just get kicked out of games because we're seeing a five minute major. But <laughs> maybe it's not the best thing. But you know, he he, he can be physical for sure. And uh, yeah, he projects super well as an NHL player in the bottom six. Uh, you know, good motor, uh, decent skill. He reminds me a lot of Colson uh, Petrie. Colson Petrie in uh, uh, I think he plays for Erie in the UHL. Very two very similar players to play a very similar game. I think uh, there are good chances of being any chillers one day, and I have uh, I have him quite high in my second round. Yeah, I like him. Last guy forward by the name of Casper Haltinen. Guy can hit. Guy can shoot. Six three two zero seven. What can you say? Haltinen is probably the best Finnish uh, player this year. I had at some point I had Emil Yarventi over him, but I think I decided to. Uh, Still put Casper uh, Haltonen uh, as the best Finnish player. Um, you know he's got a great shot. He's got great hands. Those two attributes are insane. Uh, for him, very high end. I think he's got the best ends in the second. In my second round. Uh, the Deeks uh, he can do are very very good, very impressive. But the skating is not too good. Uh, the effort level is not always there. And yeah, he's he's big. He can be physical, but. I expect him. I expect a little more out of him. Uh, and yeah, skating holds him back definitely. But he's he's a good second round pick. Done, Jeremy. Wow, this was a marathon. <laughs> uh, but we're at the end. It was fun. No, I really really enjoyed this. And man, we are both so appreciative of you giving us so much of your time. This was uh, this was a ton of fun, and I'm excited to chop this together, see how it looks. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me on. 
it was very fun. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. It was a great time and super informative. I feel like uh, a couple of the guys, like namely like Perron, I I, uh, I wasn't all that familiar with them. I'll be keeping an eye on them going forward. Uh, just like Aiden said, I really want to thank you for your time. And uh, maybe when we get into the dog days of summer, we'll do a way too early top 10 for next year. We'll uh, regroup and see what we're looking like for that. Yeah, for sure. It's a great idea. Well, cheers. Thank you so much. And I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate it. And uh, just for our listeners, thank you for uh, tuning into this marathon. Without further ado, let's roll that outro.